Hey everyone. Uh, it's going to be kind of a short episode today, I think, for two reasons. One is that we are recording well ahead of time than we normally do because of the holiday weekend and I just wouldn't be able to record when we normally record. And because of that, Xena still isn't back. So it's just Megan and I. Dark so, duo. Yeah. Dark duo. I was thinking about that. Dark duo implies, though, that it traditionally is two people. We're like the dark but two we're, thirds. We're like, okay, but I'm, what is that quote from The Lion King? Our trio's down to two. I don't know. I've never seen The Lion King. <laughs> I would have expected you to have seen that with kids. But, oh, but that's no. okay. I just like alliteration. So what, the, sure. the dastardly duo in the absence of the dark trio, that's a mouthful. Sure. Something like that. <laughs> Uh, so yes, so this will probably be a little bit shorter of an episode. We just want to make sure that we got some content out there for everybody during the holiday week. So we only have one question for this week that came in via email from Travis. It says, particularly for John, what are some super underseen and rare found footage horror movies that creep you out? This is a tough one because when, and, and I'm sure that, Megan, well, Megan could probably answer something like this easier. Like, if I were to ask you, what are some underseen, like, aquatic horror movies? You might know, but because you like aquatic horror, you're kind of like, well, so what? People haven't seen that? To be fair, though, I think there's way less aquatic horror movies than there are found footage movies. I agree. I'll bet there is. So So you you kind of go through the aquatic thing fast. Yeah, like, there are so, there have been, especially I think in this age of COVID and quarantine and everything else, I feel like there have been a lot more phone footage movies coming out. Not necessarily good ones. I've watched many that I haven't talked about on the show because simply like, ah, doesn't work. Uh, though I will say one thing for anyone out there who wants to make found footage, and this one, this is the new thing that's been bothering me. Uh, okay. Stop, sh- stop showing some guy peeing on the side of the road. What? What? That's a new trope? It is not. It, it's just existing. <laughs> it's been bothering me. It's like, oh, we're on a road trip. There is so many scenes of some guy stopping to pee along the side of the road, and someone has to film it. And then they have to look over the shoulder and be like, oh, are you filming me? Or the guy who has to feel like he has to film himself having sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> it's between the two of those, it's like 90% of found footage movies. <laughs> um, so, underseen, underappreciated is tough. I tend to think in my head, the one that I hear people talk the least about that I really love is Savage Land, which I've talked about several times on this podcast. Um, I hope that it has a bigger audience than I think. I just, I don't see it show up on very many lists. Yeah. I, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't hear the conversations. If there are conversations about people discovering it, I absolutely love Savage Land. Um, another one, uh, I mean, stuff like, like Troll Hunter, I feel yeah. like that's not underappreciated, underseen. Like people. But there still is. Like, I think when you talk about. I think that could count. Yeah, it's probably more well-known, but maybe if, you know, somebody happened to be tuning in because they found us on Spotify or whatever, that that may be new. So I I kind of feel like there's always uh, justification to to name some of this stuff. 
Yeah, especially in phone footage, because I kind of feel like you're, you either like phone footage or you don't. Yeah. And that one's a I feel gorgeous like that, one. Yeah. Oh, I love Troll Hunter. It's so good. What they did, like the the troll effects in it are outstanding. There's better, the CGI in that movie is better than some like big blockbuster movies that I've seen even in like the last five years. Um, otherwise, I would say stuff like like The Last Broadcast. It's not a great movie. It's one of the original phone footage movies. I, as I've said before, I have just a special place in my heart for um, like public access TV shows. Yeah. Like that low quality VHS style. Like maybe it's a time sign of the era. I was joking with my wife about this the other day that it's a classic trope in horror movies to find information via either like nine millimeter film or VHS tape. And I was thinking, so in like 20 years, our horror movie is going to be like, and here's all the information you need on this DVD. Like, is that going to be the antiquated <laughs> Instead of technology? microfish, it's DVD. I love that. Yeah, they're going to be like, well, the quality of this is pretty good. It's not Blu-ray quality, though. So, ah, it's hard. Ah. <laughs> like, so stuff like that, I think is pretty funny. Um, you know, I, I like Antrim. I liked it too. I, I I actually really liked it. I don't think, I think that one's going to be a, a harder sell in terms of mainstream appeal because it is such a weird, moody little thing that is very kind of art housey in a way, which is, you know, if you're oh, looking very for much so. conventional or traditional storytelling, I think that's going to be very off-putting for people. But yeah, I'm with you. I liked it. Yeah. For me, and I've talked about it before, cigarette burns. Yeah. Um, uh, John Carpenter's Cigarette Burns. It was a, sh- a short film starring uh, Norman Reedus. Masters of and, Horror uh, episode. Yep, and Udo Kier. And I love it. It's so... It, it's short. It's like to the point, but it's it's that concept of the the lost, forbidden film type thing. Cursed, Antrim yeah. is basically the other side of that coin. Like, I st- when I was watching Antrim, I thought it was going to be more documentary style. Yeah. Like, they were going to talk about this thing, but it's the film. Yeah. They talk about it for like five minutes at the beginning and then they show you this film. So yeah, I and Art House is a very good way of putting it. I totally agree. Um you know, Lake Lake Mungo. I think I even said like last episode. Or <laughs> that might have been a bonus episode. Love Lake Mungo. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's it, more people if you don't necessarily like phone footage, I think like mockumentary style is a better way into that genre because you don't get the jarring POV shots yeah. quite so much. It's a little bit more polished, stuff That's like that. actually my one contribution to this question is a mockumentary-style phone footage, uh, 2009's Occult. I don't know if you've seen that one. No. It's a, it's a Japanese. Um, it's a J-horror found okay. yep. footage mockumentary, and it's like the director plays himself filming a documentary about this crazy just random murder that happens at a sightseeing resort uh not even a resort just like this famous sightseeing like nature monument or whatever um so yeah then he starts investigating it and like interviewing the survivors and there's just some weird stuff and it gets just downright trippy by the end and i definitely feel like this would be your jam i didn't know that this existed until last year and i found it on youtube which i'm kind of hesitant to even recommend because i don't think that it was there legally (laughs) Sure. But that's where I found it. Yeah. I mean, and I do like Japanese phone footage movies. Uh, The last couple of years, 
probably even the last year, I've gotten a lot more into one finding like going to Muhammad Asylum, mm. which the Korean also, one, yeah. yeah, which which also like Asian found footage movies might be outside people's wheelhouse too. Yeah, like you might like American, but uh, going to Muhammad Asylum, I think is really great, and uh, Noroi, I think N O R O I, yes, the curse. I really like that one because that kind of delves uh, uh, the characterization within it. I like a lot more. Like the concept of how they use a psychic and how being a psychic's not fun. <laughs> you would I definitely think you would like this movie then, Nicole. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. And then, you know, as above, so below, which I've talked about before. We definitely um, talked about it is, on the the bonus. Yeah, which is which is getting more attention. Um yeah, I mean, I think that there's a spot for phone footage for everybody. Like I think any movie will have its audience. Right. Uh, I think that I've just become more critical because I've found I've found those aspects of phone footage I don't like. So, you know, obviously, like I've said, the the not just unlikable person, but the most detestable person possible. <laughs> you know, like the director in found footage 3D. Yeah. Like, I like the movie. Like I really like like the sound guy. I think he's hilarious. I like the concept, but it's like one character is so off putting for me personally that I can't do it. Which Credit to the the actors who are pulling that off, <laughs> but it makes it too difficult for me to want to rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, Grave Encounters is always one of my favorites. Uh, one more than two. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious to see a three or even like a reboot with maybe a little bit higher budget potentially, but I really love the concept. I'd, I'd like to see some more around the eye of what they do at Collingwood Mental, uh, Mental Hospital. Uh, so yeah, I feel like I've named a bunch. I can't think. Oh, and there is one coming out on Tubi on, uh, you won't have heard this yet. So yeah, the 21st. So a few days after this episode should drop, it's called last radio call. And this one was recently introduced to me. It's based on, I think the YouTube video is of the same name. It's of a police officer showing up at a scene and like what's captured on his body cam. And I think it became popular enough as a YouTube video that they decided to make a feature length out of it. And that comes out on Tubi on the 21st. I'm really curious to watch it. Uh, Evidently, the way it was explained to me and that the person who told it to me should be listening to this. So thanks. uh, Was that this it got released early and they had to pull it back like Tubi accidentally released it too early. Uh And supposedly on some horror boards out there, people are talking about how it was literally pulled in the middle of them watching it. Like they got like halfway through and all of a sudden it was gone. <laughs> so that should be coming out on Tubi on the 21st. So, and I'll be checking that one out for sure. The The trailer looks great too. Like it looks like really like right up my alley. So yeah, went on way longer than I expected to for that one. It's your favorite so. topic, of course. Speaking about going on for too long, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And Zena will be back next week. So I'm John. Aww. <laughs> if you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the two of us smile right now maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too so megan what's been filling your heart this week well just now i'm i'm amusing myself with the idea of a horror daily affirmation calendar for you just in general (laughs) just think that would be funny i 
love myself, but it's like, you know, some monster in the mirror. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. Uh, obviously, Copyright trademark. <laughs> there you go. Um, obviously, it's a short week. We had a quick turnaround to prepare for the holiday weekend. So I basically didn't have time for much except for comfort watches. I did sneak out yesterday to watch the fan event Scream. So I've seen Scream twice now. Oh, <laughs> so you know catch up john yeah i'll probably i think my plan is to see it before the next episode drops good deal so don't we'll worry see. i can't we, we see won't it this be, weekend we won't be talking about that uh i watched i, I feel like i might have talked about this before on this because it's one of my favorite slashers house of wax mm-hmm. the 2005 remake uh i have it on blu-ray um, I don't think it's on streaming anymore unless you happen to have Canopy. Like Canopy is a library streaming service for free, but I don't think every library offers Canopy. It so, was on Tubi for the longest time. It was. And then I think it was even on Shutter for like a hot minute. So it does not appear to be, but uh, it is easily available. It's definitely rentable. Um, but yeah, if you don't know, a group of teens or really college age kids, they uh, find themselves stranded in a... <laughs> Town. Yeah, the 30-year-olds <laughs> playing college kids because the whole concept is they're they're driving to a college football game and uh, get derailed by bad traffic and decide to take a detour. And they get trapped in a wax town and they have to fight to survive from becoming the next exhibit. Um, it is, it's House of Wax, but it takes a lot from Tourist Trap. I don't care. I really like it. I, I don't care what you want to call it, what it's remaking. This particular movie is so much fun. I just miss those kind of huge, big, uh, practical set pieces. And You miss Dark Castle. I do miss Dark Castle. I do. Because even when I didn't like some of the movies, I didn't care because the set pieces and like the monster stuff was so great. So yeah, I do miss Dark Castle. Uh, which, yeah, so I'm positive I've talked about it before because I have lamented about Dark Castle. And then because it's like Scream Week and they dedicated it to, to Wes Craven, I went back to Scream 4. I do really love this sequel. It's uh, And again, if you don't know, it is set 10 years after the last film and Sydney's now on a book tour that brings her back to Woodsboro and Ghostface pops up and starts killing once more. I also own this one. Um, I don't think you can stream it. I know it has kind of been off and on streaming. Um, I, I don't know if it is now, but it's easily rentable on VOD. So yeah, I just, I really liked it. I think we've talked about that one as well. I just really like, uh, I love Kirby a lot. And I, I like that how it was kind of ahead of its time as far as influencer culture goes. But yeah. Well, it, and uh, the concept of the kid who won't take off like the camera. Yeah. Like yeah. the constant live streaming, like he needs to document his life. Like, whoa, did he, he did need, they call that shot? <laughs> he needs an audience. Yeah. He, you know, I, it wasn't received that well when it was released. And I will, I will concede that if you're looking at all four of Wes Craven directed Scream movies, it's the ugliest looking one of the bunch. Um, I don't know what the style was, but I really, I mean, when you're four movies deep and you're attached to these characters and it still has sharp commentary and brutal kills, it, it doesn't bother me as much as it, I think it bothers other people. And that's totally fine too. Yeah. I've definitely heard of a lot more love 
first Scream 4 in like the last year or two. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because I, I know I heard, especially like Kirby, like people's love for Kirby. Yeah. Uh, before I think even Scream 5 was announced, I feel like I really was hearing the resurgence of people find, like rediscover, either discovering or rediscovering Scream 4. Yeah. And really like putting it way higher on their list. Um, 2011, I don't think that influencer culture was really a thing then, you know? I don't think we really even had the technology. Yeah. So the so, fact that they were calling that shots pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he Wes Craven always had his finger on the pulse of the genre, but then, you know, he, he even could look ahead. And so stuff that, that he wasn't, you know, that didn't make sense then definitely years later makes sense. And you're like, geez, he was a wizard. There was a documentary years ago, but not too much of a tangent documentary years ago about the guy i think he's the guy who invented like mcafee security or something some early like antivirus software like mm -hmm. pre-2000 and like that he was just like this visionary like everything it made all this money but what i remember is in like the the third act of the movie he kind of had this like mental breakdown fall but he had this vision where he was going to start filming himself 24 hours a day and streaming it like in QuickTime videos. And this was in like 2000, 2001, something like that, that he was like, no, in the future, everyone is going to film themselves. People are going to be documenting themselves all the time. And he was seeing this, you know, 20 years ahead of time. It's just kind of like, holy crap. Like, and I'm sure stuff like that happens all the time where somebody makes this insane prediction and they're like, wow, that guy was really insane. Wasn't he? And sometimes it's just when it comes true that people are like, wow, he's a genius. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's coin like, toss. No, he was right. Yeah. Like people that Star Trek didn't was teleporters, not smartphones. You know, it's like people, everyone thinks flying cars instead of advanced medical technology and stuff like that when the future. So it, it's also funny. I almost watched scream four this week. Like, <laughs> oh, I need to watch something real quick. And I almost watched it in preparation. And then yeah. Well, see, I, I had a, a because it's so much scream content happening this week. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to do an article about the stab movies, the, the movies within the scream. Oh, movies. sure. Yeah. So, you know, there's a whole lot of stab stuff in scream Four, So it was an added incentive for me. Nice. Yeah, I I did. I did one comfort watch, but I did one brand new one and I almost watched it before or for the last episode. But no. Nope, save it. Like, I need content. It's going to be a short week. Uh, Smart. I did not do that. Randomly found it scrolling through Tubi, 1987's Doom Asylum. A horribly disfigured lawyer, wrongfully pronounced dead after a terrible car accident, is taken to an asylum for dissection, only to come back alive, kill everyone, and make the asylum his killing grounds. Starring Kristen Davis of Sex and the City fan. <laughs> You love your campy horror. This one, I, <laughs> this is a different level because I do love it, but I need to watch it again because I'm not sure if it's meta or unintentionally meta because it's listed as a horror comedy and there's obviously just absolutely absurd scenes where they are making fun of themselves like the main character like or sorry the lead male 
the whole joke about him is that he can't make a decision. And it's just like this running gag. And like there's a there's a fight scene on a roof involving him and this female musician that is so absurd that's like, well, it, this is all just a joke. Like there's there's like in jokes within it that if it were made in 2021, I would look at it like it was like Dude Bro Massacre 3 mm-hmm. or Dude Party Massacre 3, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't think it's that. <laughs> it's not, but it's so close to it that it's like, does it know what it is? And it doesn't. I don't think it but, does. Yeah. Oh, but it, but if it were, but if it had been released in 2021, everyone would be like, oh, this is great meta comedy. <laughs> but it was in 87. So like, it didn't know that it was meta. Like it was talk about ahead of its time. Like all the jokes are like, okay, no, this is what it is. Right. Like, no, I get I don't major, think it does. like sleepaway camp two type tonal vibes. Yeah. From this. Like, off the wall and it has the most and i'm gonna put it out there i won't remember i said it but someone can hold it to me the most insane kill in any horror movie i have ever seen that makes absolutely no sense (laughs) there is no there is no setup to it there is no follow-up to it there is just a machine that does a thing in this and it only exists for one person to die. And it's just like, oh, so th- that's what that machine does, huh? Well, that makes no, like, what? <laughs> it's just like the director's like, all right, uh, this is what I want. I want this special effect. And like, how? I don't know. Just, just do it. And then move on. <laughs> and they do. You have, purely for that setup alone, please go watch Doom Asylum on Tubi. It's like, it might actually be the last kill or be the second to last kill in the movie, but it's like, what? <laughs> There's this other podcast I really like called bad movie night. And I know that they had watched this on there because they posted like this clip, the clip of this kill on Instagram. Yeah. And I was, and I watched it on Instagram before I'd seen this movie or it, it even registering that that's what movie this was. And I was like, what, what, what's that machine for? <laughs> Why would, <laughs> Why would that happen to that person? That doesn't even make any sense. Machines don't do that. But it is absurd in the best way. So I think I need to watch it again just for the... I'm going to go ahead and just say, what drugs were they on to, to make this... It's so strange. I'm trying to remember if there's a connect. There was something that made me watch this because I liked something else. And I cannot remember what it is, but I'm looking at the director now. They did Scared Stiff before Doom Asylum. They did two episodes of Friday the 13th, the series. Uh, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, which (laughs) that alone makes me realize, like, I'm not sure that was necessarily intentional for meta. I could be wrong there, but the (laughs) director is Richard Friedman. It might have been because Patty Mullen, like Frankenhooker, is in this. I'm not sure what it was that I'm like, oh, if I watch this and like this, I should watch Doom Asylum. But Doom Asylum is, it's a hoot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. That's for sure. It's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, So, yeah, I watched that. Was kind of lost through the whole thing. Not lost. I followed along. I knew exactly what it was, but it was so like. like, What am I watching? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you think it's a joke. And it is. But it's. Not. But it's not. Yeah. It's it's a strange beast. 
Uh, and speaking of horror comedies, then I watched 1993's Body Bags on Peacock from John Carpenter. Three short stories in the horror. This is, I'm sorry, this is the IMDb. <laughs> Three short stories in the horror genre. The first about a serial killer, the second about a hair transplant gone wrong, and the third about a baseball player. I think it's funny that the second one, they tell you what it's actually about, and the first and the third one, they just, a serial killer and a baseball player. I'm like, that doesn't sum it up at all. (laughs) So this, as I understand it, and maybe I'm wrong, this was supposed to be Showtime's answer to Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. And John Carpenter was signed up to do it. Like he plays basically the crypt keeper within what turned into a movie. Like they can't, I, I think they canceled the idea while they were filming and they're like, all right, we'll just turn it into a movie. We'll take the three shorts that we filmed and button up. Cause it makes total sense when yeah. you, when you like look at the people who are in it, like Toby Hooper makes an appearance, uh, Stacy Keach, Mark Hamill, Sheena Easton, Twiggy, Wes like, Craven, Wes Craven, like, there's a lot of names within it that's like, oh, this is total Tales from the Crypt vibe. And the wraparound character of the, the coroner is very Crypt Keeper-esque, very silly. Yeah, John, John Carpenter's having a ball in that role. Oh, you can tell. He's he's just, like, just going for it. <laughs> and the, the funny thing, and I don't remember this from the first time I watched it, the music is so loud in the open, maybe this is just on Peacock. You can barely hear the coroner talking before the first story. Oh, wow. I don't remember it's, that. It was really weird. I was watching it. Maybe there was something wrong with my TV or something, but I was watching it and it was almost like, like the audio was muted or muffled or something. Cause it gets better, but it's very heavy. John Carpenter music over John Ca- Carpenter trying to talk. And it's just like, I don't, I turned on the subtitles, but the subtitles weren't working. Unfortunately, I'm like, am I missing what's going on? It was very strange. It's a very, yeah, it's very Tales from the Crypt-esque is the best I can say. Like, if you like Tales from the Crypt, you'll probably enjoy Body Bags. Um, It definitely, there is a different look about it. Tales from the Crypt has and maybe this was an HBO productions thing has like a specific look mm-hmm. to it. And body bags doesn't have the same look, but it has the same feel. So if you basically want celebrities doing kind of bizarre things, in very bizarre in parts. Yeah. Yeah. Some horror short story scenes go for it. Um, but it's also, it's just, it's good campy fun that's available for free on Peacock. So if you haven't seen it and you like yourself some John Carpenter, I would recommend it. Okay. What do we watch and how do we watch it? I watched House of Wax, uh, the 2005 remake, and Scream 4, uh, both of them on Blu-ray. And I watched 1987's Doom Asylum on Tubi and 1983's Body Bags on Peacock. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horrors. What's been going on in this short week, Megan? (laughs) You would be surprised, considering it's been just a complete onslaught of uh, Scream stuff, which, again, uh, go to bloody disgusting. It's it's nonstop Scream stuff. But in the midst of all that, Ty West is returning to horror uh, with X. Mm. A brand new movie being distributed, of all people, by A24. 
Um, they they're known kind of for more elevated, quote unquote, but art housey mm-hmm. horror like The Witch, Hereditary, Midsummer. So you kind of think that that would be this? No. Uh, judging by the insane trailer, we are in for one effed up horror picture. And that's actually mm-hmm. from the trailer. Uh, the synopsis, it's, it's set in 1979. A group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas. But when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, they find themselves in a desperate fight for their lives. So you watch this trailer. I highly recommend it because I the, the trailer is fire for me. I'm so pumped for this movie. <laughs> uh, it looks a little bit Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It even kind of sounds it a little bit. But there's something really different about this. First of all, it looks like it's comedy, full-blown comedy. There's definitely going to be a lot of blood. But I don't know what's going on with this el- these elderly elderly hosts. What are they? It's almost like Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets uh, the the visit, but with oh, a weird. supernatural twist, perhaps. Like there's something really off there. But the cast is really awesome too. You've got Brittany Snow, Mia Goth, uh, Kid Cudi, Martin Henderson, Owen Campbell, um, Stephen Ure. He was in Deathgasm and Screams. Jenna Ortega. Uh, and we don't have to wait long for this because A24 set release for March 18th, so just uh, two months away. Mm. And also something that is probably inevitable in getting a release date is Blumhouse's new Firestarter adaptation. Uh, from Blum, Blum, blah, blah, from Universal, Blumhouse, and director Keith Thomas, who did last year's super creepy awesome The Vigil, a uh, brand new big screen take on Stephen King's Firestarter is on the way with the official MPA rating of R for violent content. In Firestarter, if you're unfamiliar, a young girl develops pyrokinetic abilities and is abducted by a secret government agency that wants to harness her powerful gift as a weapon. Uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong from It Chapter 2 and American Horror Story is playing Charlie. And Sydney Lemon will be playing Charlie's mother. Zach Efron, Michael Grayas, and uh, Gloria Rubin also star. Zach Efron's playing the the father of Charlie. Um, so yeah, and Scott Teams, who's behind uh, Halloween Kills, is the screenwriter. So yeah, because we know everything about the cast, we know that it's rated R. If it's rated R, that means that it's a cut has been put in front of them, which means that it's coming out sometime this year. When is it's inevitable it's on the verge of getting announced anytime now i'm sure of it and then uh pig filmmaker michael sarnowski is going to be directing a quiet place spinoff he's fresh off of last year's nicholas cage starring pig like that's on hulu it is not horror but it is really good uh it's an excellent revenge drama that that you think they they kind of build that as john wick and it's not but uh, yeah, he's going to be heading up the the Quiet Place uh, spinoff, and uh, Jeff Nichols was initially a- attached to it, but he dropped out. I'm not sure why. Prob- but uh, Deadline notes that not much more is known about this project, other than it is not a threequel, but a spinoff based on an idea from John Krasinski. The hope is this film would help set up a potential Quiet Place universe that the studio can build on for years to come. It is also known that, while not out of the question, Emily Blunt and Krasinski are not going to be reprising their roles in this installment. Uh, Krasinski will produce alongside Michael Bay, Andrew Form, and Brad Fuller, and it is expected that the Abbott storyline will eventually become a trilogy in a you know, separate movie. Uh, Krasinski apparently recently teased that he has an idea for a third film. So we shall see. So I guess A Quiet, pa- a quiet Place might be the new Cloverfield in a way. 
Everyone needs to have their own universe, don't they? They do. It's it's the hot thing. It's money. It's it's IP. It's reliable yeah. IP. Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. Want Blumhouse just to give us a release date, but at least happy for an R rating? Love spinoffs? Let's hear about it. The number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Please feel free to give us a call. We haven't gotten any calls recently, and we love to play your messages. Or feel free to email us at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And, again, you can also text us at the same number. So, finally, Megan, for one more time, is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Megan, what should we be watching? On Tuesday, the 18th, watch one of Xena's favorite movies from last year, Last last Night in Soho. It's coming home to Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, Thursday, Shudder releases The Last Thing That Mary Saw. It's uh, set in winter 1843. A young woman is under investigation following the mysterious death of her family's matriarch. Her recollection of the events sheds new light on the ageless forces behind the tragedy. And then uh, Friday, season three of Servant hits Apple TV or Apple Plus. Uh, I do recommend that one. That one's an M. Night Shyamalan produced series. It is so quirky, weird, mystery box. It's it's great. I recommend that one. And then Shudder is releasing The Runner. It follows a strange woman as she travels to a secluded rural town where her violent compulsions are slowly revealed. The story intertwines with Darkwave uh, group Boy Harsher performing on a public access channel. Their music scores the strange woman's descent deeper into the unknown. And as always... Treat yourself, bloody disgusting TV. Uh, also on Screenbox. Nice. And I think last radio call is on the twenty first. Don't go. hold me that because I don't do release dates. That's just what I heard. <laughs> and that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com or on Twitter at Haunted Meg. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Be Disgusting Pod or on Facebook at The Bloody Disgusting Podcast or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. <laughs> <laughs>